It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, Sports Fan. 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore in studio along with Gary Baldwin. It's short show today. Why? Because the Reds are battling the Milwaukee Brewers in the third of a four-game series. Crazy walk-off last night. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. We're also going to talk Kareem Hunt was arrested in a bar. Well, had an incident at a bar um, around Cleveland. Uh, we'll get to give you, the, give you the full details on that story, along with discussing whether this is, again, a trickling of things that we will look back at when the Browns fail to make the postseason as, oh, we saw this coming from a mile away. But we'll get to that later in the show. I wanted to start the show off, though, Gary, with the Southern Ohio Copperheads. We haven't had a chance to get them in the show. NBA free agency has been absolutely wild. But before we get to the Copperheads, i got to give a shout-out because right now I am decked to the nines in 4th of July gear. Why? Because I'm heading out to the market on state with Kendra and the Jambulance. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am on the Power 105 morning show. Uh, with Kendra, and we are hosting the fireworks celebration here in Athens uh, for Power 105, and the fireworks go off around 10 o'clock, I think. So make your way out there, head to the Jambulance. We've got drinks to give away, brought to you by G&J Pepsi, plus a lot of other great deals and giveaways and a whole bunch of fun stuff. If you come see the Jambulance and me out of the market on state, I'd love I'd love to say hi, love to have a conversation. And uh, when I dress like this, I mean, I'm ready to have some fun on the 4th of July, Gary. Go for it, Luke. And I'm glad you reminded me because I was I was just a little bit off uh, here on on the uh, uh, on, on a date. And that fireworks is coming up uh, quickly here. Uh, I, I just wasn't sure that uh, uh, what day it was. I've been I'm getting ready to move, as you know. Yeah. Doing a lot of packing Hectic and, for you. For yeah. Sure. And uh, it just got past me there. But. That's going to be fun, and if it, if it's not raining, I think I'll head down there. I think it's going to rain for a little bit here in a second, but I think by the time the fireworks roll around, we should be clear skies, ready to go to have a blast. Um, speaking of blasts, the Copperheads been hitting the ball really well, and they've been playing really well. Seven and three in their last ten. They're still one and a half games back of the Cincinnati Steam in the South. This team's played with momentum, though, and since their rough three and six start, they're a team that oh, do the math, do the record. They're a ten and five team. They're one of the better teams in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. We had some highlights sent our way, Gary, by our friends Connor Mills and Joey Medore, the two play-by-play men for the Southern Ohio Copperheads. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that, and then we'll discuss what the Copperheads have been able to do over the past few days and their upcoming schedule. Zion Avery lines that one out in the deep right center field, and it will hit off the top of the wall and go over. Zion Avery unloads one to right center field, and the Copperheads blow this one open. Zion Avery, deep out into left center field, back at the wall. You forget that. That is way out of here. Hits the scoreboard on the top. Zion Avery goes deep for the second time today. Breaking ball lined out into left field for a base hit. Being sent is Ben Rushing. He's coming in to score. The throw will be cut off by the third baseman. And it's back-to-back RBI singles for the Copperheads. Lines this one deep out into the outfield, back at the wall. It is out of here. Grand Slam, Sebastian Favic. Of course, the name Sebastian Favic, familiar to those of you that followed Ohio baseball 
Uh, <clears throat> he's one of the batting average leaders in the league, Gary. This team's starting to roll on all cylinders. We're getting, <clears throat> excuse me, we're right at the midway point of the season in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. And the Copperheads feel like one of the most talented teams in the league, one of the more well-put-together teams in the league. They had a rough 18-4 loss against Lima. But Lima might be the best team in the league in the North. You won't have to worry about them until the championship series. They're done for the rest of the season. There's a lot of competition in the South, though. Cincinnati and Hamilton, they brought their A games. I still think this team can pull it out in the South, though. They could get in those top three spots. I think they're one of the favorites to get in those top three spots, be in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, you never know what happens. No, you don't. For a team that uh, uh, seems to be coming around hitting-wise, you know, last year the, one of the keys I thought was that team. They just seemed to be able to hit just about every, every uh, team that came into town. And if they can uh, pick up the uh, pace somewhat similar to last year, a mix of power, a mix of average, you know, it's a team that can score runs. If you can score runs, you're going to be in a ball game. If you're going to be in a ball game, you're going to win a bunch of them. So, uh, yeah, it looks like a a, a, a building um, uh, team here. One is momentum building, as you said, and I like the sound of that. Sebastian Pavick right now batting four oh two with a team leading 25 RBIs. Having one heck of a season out of Ohio University. Chris Gamber, two home runs, 11 RBIs. Uh, Thomas Azero, he's batting two eighty. Not as effective as he was earlier in the season, but the pitching staff is where this team gets really impressive, and the starting pitching is where it's awfully impressive. We look at their starters right down the line. Here's all the guys that have started the game, started a game, and here are their ERAs. Uh, Worsing's making the start tonight. He's making his fifth start of the season. He has a 3.35 ERA. Jake Hansen, a 4.44 ERA. Thomas Azero, a 3.39. But that was just elevated from that 18-4 brutalizing that Lima gave him. Zach Iverson, he might be the Cy Young candidate in this league, a 1.13 ERA. And Mandela with a 2.38 ERA. Unfortunate for Cesaro, I think he just fell out of the league MVP race because his batting average fell to 280, and now that ERA is sitting around 3-3. But he's still a great player, and you expect him to turn it around down the stretch and be a still a linchpin and a leader for the Southern Ohio Conference team. Well, you betcha. You know, uh, I'm going to go back again to last year. He was the kind of guy that we could count on to make big plays, get big hits, hit with power. Uh, I'm not too worried about that 280 average. I think he'll pick that up. And, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that can hit uh, the ball and hit it with authority and uh, hits in clutch situations. I really like this guy, good ball player all the way around, and now he's, uh, you know, effective pitcher as well. Uh, Just a a good uh, acquisition for the Copperheads. Yeah, they've done great, and uh, shout-out to the Copperheads. Uh, They will continue on through their season as we move forward through this week. Let's go ahead and talk about their upcoming schedule. i got to get it pulled up right here. I believe they have a game at home tonight. No, they are on the road. They are in Xenia. Wow, they're on road for for a little bit while. They're in Xenia July 3rd, Xenia July 4th, Cincinnati July 5th, 6th, and 7th, and then in Hamilton July 9th, and back at home July 10th for Hamilton against Southern Ohio to finish that three-game set. It's the back half of the season. Some really important games coming up. The Scouts, a team in the South, they just beat 8-5 to five a day ago. They've got a huge game in Xenia tonight. If they can grab all three against Xenia, that's a lot of momentum, but you'd like to grab two out of three. And then it's the biggest six games of the season. Three against the Steam on the road, one against the Joes on the road, and then two against the Joes at home. The next eight games is probably going to decide the Southern Ohio Copperhead season. And that's how it goes sometimes in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League is eight-game stretch. 
go six and two against some of the teams in your division, and you might win your division and you'll fall in the top three. I think they'll go five and three, six and two over this stretch, Gary. I just think they're better uh, than than Xenia. I think they're better than Hamilton. I think that Cincinnati they're really competitive with, but. I really do think that they might be the better team. I think the only team in this league that is definitively better than Southern Ohio is the Lima Locos, and we saw that with the absolute drubbing Lima gave 18-4. to Copperheads pulled out a 6-5 win, a huge 6-5 win the game before, but then Lima put it on them in game number two. In terms of the South, though, I don't think there's anybody that's a big threat that's in their way. doesn't mean they're a shoe-in to win the whole thing, but I think they're in strong position in the Southern Division. Oh, I think they are, too. And you know that with the steam coming... Uh, on as well. They've been strong all year, but uh, the Copperheads and the Steam have been a, a good uh, good ball game, whether we play them down there, play right here in Athens. Uh, this is a, a good, well-built team as well, and you're going to see some good competition when those teams get together. Division standings right now, Cincinnati Steam at 15-10, and 10, Licking County at 14-10, and 10, Hamilton at 12-10, and 10, Southern Ohio right now. Half a game out. Well, actually tied technically by winning percentage for that third playoff spot in the South Division. Xenia just a step below them. Richmond falling all the way back. But it's all Southern Division teams from here on out for the Southern Ohio Copperheads. Important division games for another team that's on our radar, the Cincinnati Reds. They had a huge extra innings victory last night. Did you see this game, Gary? Yasiel Puig, aggressive base running from third on an air from the outfield. Lazy. Lazy by the Brewers infield, and Puig was aggressive, took advantage of it, and Wild Horses band, you just can't tame them. And Puig wins the game 5-4 in the bottom of the 11th. Yeah, it's, it's a great finish. But you know, Puig has played pretty well uh, in the last uh, 30, 35 ball games. You take a look at his stats, and they're coming on. He's got some big hits. He's hit with power. And, uh, yeah, he looks like he's enjoying himself out there. Nice nice uh, opportunity for Puig to score that winning run. and. And uh, the fans are, are kind of behind him down there, too. When I was down there last week, it was kind of interesting to watch. Uh, the people really lined up down there, especially the younger kids, watching that, uh, watching warm up and talk to him and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, he's becoming sort of a, a fan favorite down there. Yeah, I mean, he's so fun to watch. He brings an energy to the game. And that's why, I don't know, I feel like Yasiel Puig, you need guys like that on a team. You need guys with energy. You need guys that play with the game with just unbridled passion. And I think that that's necessary for a winning team. It's necessary for a winning environment. Now, sometimes that unbridled passion will get Puig in trouble and he'll make mental mistakes, but I would rather him be on his front foot, ready to take advantage of anything and win the game. For example, last night, anybody that says Yasiel Puig making a jump for home was a stupid base running decision, maybe. Maybe it was a stupid base running decision, but in terms of the scope of the game, I think it's a great decision because here's what you're stuck with. There's two outs in the inning, right? Yasiel Puig, halfway to third. That ball skips by. What do you think you give him, percentage chance-wise, to make it safe at home? Probably like a 55-60% chance, right? I do, 55-60% chance. Okay, what's normally a guy's batting average that's going to be batting after Yasiel Puig? It's like 30%. So so what's the more likely scenario that we win the game right here by Puig being aggressive and taking home when there's an opportunity to? Or is it Puig sitting back and hoping that the next guy gets a hit? The odds are lower that the second thing happens. I mean, Philip Irvin was hitting behind Puig two for four today, but Philip Irvin's still a young player. Can he make clutch hits in big division games? Puig decided that he was going to make the clutch hit 
quote-unquote, have the clutch moment and take home himself and win the baseball game. I don't think the Reds win yesterday if it wasn't for the base-running decision from Yasiel Puig, and they definitely don't win at all without Puig. He had a home run, had some impact plays in the field. He is just a high-energy guy, and when he gets rolling, when he's focused, when the heat is on, literally, I think he plays better in hotter weather. This guy can be superstar levels of good. It's just the inconsistency. I think he's a guy that the Reds should consider keeping around if the rest of the market doesn't outbuy the Reds. I don't want the Reds to overspend for this guy. But Yasiel Puig's a guy that I think the Reds should find a way to keep within the system because he brings a real energy to the ballpark. He brings, much like Brandon Phillips did for those 2010, 2012, 2013 teams, this swagger, this energy, this brilliance, this fun. That's what he brings. Derek Dietrich brings that as well. I think Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker, they're fun guys. They're energetic guys. Puig feeds that well. I think there's a really good locker room structure for the Cincinnati Reds. And check this out, Gary. There is only one second-place team in Major League Baseball that is less games back of the first-place team than the last-place Cincinnati Reds are right now, the Milwaukee Brewers. So every other division, not that they would be second-place in every other division, but five-and-a-half back for the Cincinnati Reds at this point, Every other division, they would be in uh, the same range where the second-place team is. So this is, I mean, people are being negative um, on the Cincinnati Reds, Troy Bolin being one of them. And uh, I just, this team has a plus, what, 41 run differential? They're top 10 in Major League Baseball in run differential. And you go player through player down the lineup. And these are guys that can hit, and these are guys that can play. Plus, there's an all-star infielder making his way back to the lineup in Scooter Jeanette. I think that this team is going to be competitive in this division because the Cubs are so on are supposed to be the class of the division. The Brewers are supposed to be the class of the division, and they can't take care of business against the Reds, and they can't even take care of business against some of the weaker teams in the National League. So I don't see anybody running away with this division, and I don't see the Reds falling off the table, which means they're going to be sitting five and a half, four and a half, six and a half games back when you're playing games in August, and all it takes. When you're five and a half back in August is is one streak where everything goes right and you rattle off 10 or 11 wins. Now, remember, about a week, a week and a half ago, I said that this 15-game stretch they're on was going to be one of the most crucial stretches of the season. It still is, but I think the division over these last seven, eight games has proven to me much weaker at the top than I thought it was. Depth-wise, it's still the strongest in the major leagues, but that's because of the Cincinnati Reds. But at the top, the Cubs and Brewers, they've just had so much go wrong this year. They aren't clicking on all cylinders. I I don't see those teams getting above 90-91 wins this season, and that puts the Reds in some sort of range to maybe be competitive in this division come August and September. I hope they don't buy at the deadline. I hope they don't over-try for it, because I think the talent is there right now. Maybe one bullpen piece for a cheap minor leaguer. Maybe. Maybe something like that, an expiring contract uh, for a bullpen piece to maybe make a push towards the playoffs. But I'm going to have fun watching Reds baseball the rest of the year. And the fact we're saying that is so much different from how the last five years in Cincinnati has gone. Well, it has. You know, when I was down there the other day, it seemed to me that uh, there was there was more of a uh, uh, camaraderie among the players. And I was watching for something like that. There's a spark there. Uh, that would lead this uh, a fan to believe, yeah, maybe this is a team that could do something. Now that was a game that they won on a uh, on the bottom of the ninth with some with some important hits. That was Winker and Senzo, uh, in on that one. Puig hit a home run in that ball game too. I just think that those you just there's three names right there that, of, of guys that are playing good ball. They're hitting the ball well right now, and you know you can't make a drive uh, for a a pennant or a championship 
without having a combination of guys that that can hit when you you gotta have it and pick the other guy up a little bit. That was that kind of a ball game. They were behind the entire ball game and end up winning that in the bottom of the ninth. So I, I when I see something like this, I think well maybe maybe this this is a team to pay attention to. The young players are the ones that people are paying attention to. Those that's where the talent is at, and uh, their pitching has strong been stronger this yeah. year too. And I think it's so valuable that they're going to. I, I love this strategy, and I think this is. I I hate tanking. It worked out for the Astros, yeah, but it took like six years, and they had to nail every single prospect they got just to get to that point. I think when you have a really young, good nucleus like this, doing what the Reds did, buying some talent, buying some veterans, buying dudes who have been in big games, in big stadiums, in big atmospheres, and putting those veterans on that team, make that team marginally competitive. Are you going to win the World Series? No. But that young core you have around those veterans, they're going to learn so much more from all those veterans being on the roster. They're going to learn so much more from being in at least somewhat important games this time of year. Because how much were the young guys learning on the Reds the last five years when by this time of year, I literally turned the notifications off for the Reds game. There wasn't a point. There was nobody in the stadium. The the franchise was near dead. Attendance was falling off. Do you know last season, the four minor league teams that are within 100 miles of Cincinnati, so that's the Dayton Dragons, that's the Indianapolis Indians, that's the Louisville Bats, and that's the Chillicothe Paints, or a summer collegiate baseball team. Those are the four other baseball teams that are within 100 miles of Cincinnati. All four of those teams combined, more people went to those games than Cincinnati Reds games last season. That's how dire of a situation the Reds became. And now they become competitive. Attendance is rising. They're exciting. And attendance is going to go up even with the ridiculous amount of rain delays they've had this year and rain cancellations. This team is fun. These are these are great moves. You stacked up the draft picks. You don't need the first overall pick in the MLB draft to be competitive. You win Major League Baseball World Series and championships by how you draft rounds 5 through 40. It's not how you draft rounds 1 through 5. It's really not. Those guys are all pretty much how do you develop them? How is your development system? But if you can find gems rounds 5 through 40, that's how organizations come together. And I think the Reds have really done a good job developing a lot of talent. I like where their franchise is at. Now, they might finish the season with 75 wins, but it was going to be an ex- it's going to be an exciting 75 wins. It's going to be a competitive 75 wins. It's going to be a hopeful 75 wins in a deep division. And ask me next year who's in best position in this division, and you're looking at the Cardinals and the Reds because the Cubs and Brewers are only getting a year older. And I just think that the Reds are very well positioned over the next three, four years to be highly competitive in the NL Central, and their young core, when it fully develops, three, four years, you get Hunter Green up there, They've got a World Series-type roster building, but right now, being competitive and fun, that's a lot better than me not even wanting to get notifications about the baseball team I've loved since I was three years old. Well, that's a pretty good analysis, uh, Luke. And I think when, uh, as I look at this team, too, uh, the guys that really impress you and, and lead you to believe there's a future are the young guys. And, and some of this uh, pitching that uh, guys had to learn the hard way. You know, Molly pitched pretty well. Uh, here this so far this year, of course, Castillo has has, has turned in a fine year. Uh, you know, one more arm in there and and uh, get some consistency in the starting uh, uh, pitching area. Uh, the relievers get a lot better. Just seems to work that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's how it's worked for most of this year. Reds bullpen been struggling recently. You mentioned Yasiel Puig, really. 
You're exactly right. Last 28 days, Gary, 22 games for Yasiel Puig. He's hit seven home runs at 13 RBIs, batting 329, a 391 on base percentage, and above 1,000 OPS. I mean, he's been absolutely crushing the ball over the last 28 days. And at home, he's a much better player. This is why Reds fans like him. He's batting 266 at home compared to just 220 on the road. He's a guy that plays well in front of a home crowd. And that's why the city of Cincinnati is really starting to fall in love with Yasiel Puig. We're going to talk Kareem Hunt. There was an incident outside a Cleveland bar. Is this the beginning? Another sign of the Cleveland Browns slow, slow fall away from hope. Maybe. Maybe not. Gary and I will discuss on the other side. This is the Sports Fan 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. The Ohio Dental Association is a leader in educating adults on the importance of oral health and its link to overall good health. Dr. Michael Hallis, president of the Ohio Dental Association, shares one of the latest myths on oral care, that oil pulling is better than brushing and flossing. Currently, there are no scientific studies to show that oil pulling reduces cavities, whitens teeth, or improves oral health and well-being. Based on the lack of scientific evidence, I can't recommend oil pulling as a dental hygiene practice. The best way to maintain good dental health is to regularly see your dentist and brush twice a day for two minutes with a fluoride toothpaste, and floss between your teeth once a day. You should also avoid tobacco products and sugary drinks and food in order to ensure your teeth and gums remain healthy. ODA member dentists are located throughout the state, are dedicated to providing the highest quality care, are bound by the highest ethical standards, and obtain superior ongoing education and training. On your next visit, ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association and American Dental Association so you know you're being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Attention sightseers, every Friday is your chance to win a custom map of Athens, courtesy of Lamborn Studio and Custom Framing. To win, visit Power 105 WXTQ 97 WATH on Facebook, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Message our page with the location pictured, and the fifth response will be the winner. Winners are announced Friday evening, 4 p.m. on our Facebook page. And don't forget to click that like button. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the following breaking news story. On your cape and cowl, it's time for Rathacon, Athens' own pop culture convention on April 27th at the Athens Community Center. It's a day full of fun with panels, presentations, workshops, kids' activities, costume contests, raffles, tabletop and video gaming, and so much more. $25 for VIP, $10 for general adult, $5 for youth, 12 to 17 years old, and 11 under are free. To prepare for the con, check out the Nerd Prom on April 26th at Casa. Don't miss Rathacon, April 27th at the Athens Community Center. Weenie Wednesday. Hungry? Larry's Dog House on West Union Street has corn dogs and regular-sized hot dogs for just 99 cents each. Mmm. 
Larry's. Weenie Wednesday. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Browns fans, I'm ready to talk some smack if you want to. 740-592-6646. Um, because it's just going to keep happening. It's just going to keep happening time and time again. We read a story about um, Baker Mayfield making some comments about former teammate Duke Johnson. And that story leaked out that there were players in Cleveland's locker room that were a little upset with that. When that story came out, I told you, all of you, my, the wonderful listeners on this station, I said, hey, that is going to be... In my opinion, when we look back at this team and they're 7-9 for no explicable reason because they're the most talented team in the AFC North and probably the third most talented team in the AFC and probably anywhere from the 7th to 8th most talented team in the NFL. That when this team is 7-9 and at the end of the year, we're going to look back and go, oh, wow, we saw this starting to happen. Stories after stories are going to come out throughout the summer about guys that just aren't doing the right things, that are a little out of control and they're out of control because Freddie Kitchens is an experienced head coach. Now the story I'm about to say, all of you can be like, how is Freddie Kitchens supposed to control that? Blah, 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 blah. Here's my thing. When there is a story and it happens to a player and it's not technically the head coach's fault. I'm always one that if you're the head coach of anything, if you are the leader of an organization, any type of organization, any type of team, anything that happens on that team is your responsibility. End of story. You sign up for that job, that's how it works. If one of your kids in left field, when you sign up to be a Little League coach, if one of your your kids in left field is putting middle fingers up to spectators, guess whose responsibility that is to fix? Yours. And guess whose fault it is that it happened? It's also yours because you signed up to be the head coach. So when Freddie Kitchens allows Kareem Hunt, because Kareem Hunt, by the way, the Browns signed him after there's a video of him pushing a woman to the ground, kicking her a very brutal video from Kareem Hunt at a hotel. He's suspended for the first eight games of the season. Browns and John Dorsey took a flyer on him. John Dorsey, familiar with Kareem Hunt. And now there's an incident outside of a Cleveland bar. Now, no charges filed. Kareem Hunt says it was with a small friend, but the police were called and the police were involved. Nothing legal happened. But the, the mere fact... That Kareem Hunt, on an eight-game suspension, who's under a no-tolerance policy from both the Cleveland Browns and the NFL, is on the brink of being kicked out of the league. The fact that the Browns even let him within a five-mile square radius of any bar in the city of Cleveland is ridiculous and nearsighted. And, and if, if, and if Kareem Hunt went behind your back to go to this bar, then you should cut him, which they won't today, because I guarantee they didn't tell him not to go to a bar. Because when you're under an eight-game suspension, do you know what great organizations do who are telling guys that need a second chance? Hey, guess what you don't get to do this offseason? Go to bars. Guess where you get to be? The weight room. Why? Because we're risking our entire organization's reputation on signing your woman-kicking butt. Okay? So why don't you shape it up and not go to any bars? And that's not what the Cleveland Browns did in this situation. So this is another story. I don't think Freddie Kitchens is ready for this head coaching job. He's not ready for these personalities in the locker room. And guarantee, come week five, this team's going to be two and three. Odo Beckham Jr. will have thrown a fit on the sideline. Baker Mayfield's going to complain about the play calling. And Freddie Kitchens is going to start losing control of that locker room. We're going to roll down the season's end. And this team's seven and nine for no good reason. Because the Cleveland Browns have built a roster that is good enough to be in the AFC Divisional Round and if things break right, the AFC Championship game. 
But for some reason, and I don't understand why, they hired the least qualified head coach possible for this season. And that was Freddie Kitchens. And I really don't think he's ready for it. And I think this story, Gary, we're going to look back on come the end of this upcoming football season and go, oh, see, all these signs, they, they started early and they just started to pile on as we went into training camp. But this is unacceptable from Kareem Hunt to even be out at a bar um, under the suspension he's under. You know, there's one other interesting aspect of that, uh, Luke. You know, uh, if we go back to the incident with the woman uh, that, that really uh, brought him down at Kansas City, that was a friend of his. That was a friend that he had taken out in that uh, situation. And this last incident was with a friend, supposedly. Well, why is the friend letting you go to a bar? Uh, he's not a that, real friend. There you go. You. When you're uh, sitting on the edge, a razor's edge, uh, like a, a, a guy like Kareem Hunt is, and he is on the edge, you you have to understand that, that a slip, an important slip here, could mean not just uh, the season, but it could mean, who knows, it could mean the end of the career. Well, He's a young guy. Man, you're only, what, 23, 24 years yeah, old, something really like young. that? Hasn't even really had his first huge contract. That's right. Though. You can't afford to screw up like that. And you've got to take care of business, and hanging around bars is a fat, one of the fastest ways I know of to get yourself in a lot of trouble, because it apparently, uh, you know, if you if you just connect the dots here, it, it could be there's there's another issue going on there that's not been unsaid here, that that is obvious I think to a lot of people, and that is, you just you just can't stay you got to stay away from booze, you got to stay away from. All controlled substances can cause you a problem because... Especially if you had a problem with them in the past. Yes. So Tom Brady, right? Yep. If he wants to go out to a New England bar after a game, I think he's earned that right, and he's shown the discipline to be able to do that, as all other adults should be able to do. And I'm not saying NFL players shouldn't go to bars. I'm saying that NFL players under an eight-game suspension who have already had issues with substance and have gotten in altercations because of substance in the past with women, with women, those guys shouldn't be at bars, and their friends should tell them they shouldn't be at bars, and their head coach and GM should say, if you go to one bar, you're cut, period. And, and they didn't say that, and that's why Kareem Hunt is still a Brown. So they didn't make that rule, that very clear and obvious rule that I thought would be obvious to me. And like, oh, it's a bar, what a big, what's, what's the deal? Well, the deal is TMZ exists. The deal is he's Kareem Hunt. The deal is people are going to try to f- start fights with him. People are, people are going to pick on him. You know how people get in bars. It's just not a good place for you to be when you're sitting on the edge there. That's not a smart move from the organization. And this is not a story the Browns need right now. They're, they are about to be a world of real trouble. I really think they're going to be just a bunch of weird stories of bad attitudes. And I love Odell Beckham Jr. as a player, but... The guy hasn't handled losing at all. Now, if they start out well, that's going to be the saving grace of this team, is if they catch a few breaks in the first four weeks, go 3-1, and 4-0, then all my arguments go out the window because then the team will start to buy into Freddie Kitchens. But a bad start will tank the Browns' season. This is not a team, this is not a locker room, this is not a head coach that's going to be able to bounce back from a bad start. I just don't think that's in the cards for them. I don't think they're experienced enough for it, and I definitely don't trust Freddie Kitchens to get that personality-filled locker room turned around if they start poorly because it'll start coming off the rails. Especially, think if Freddie Kitchens, who's a first-year head coach, and this happens to the best first-year head coaches, Freddie Kitchens screws up time management twice, costs the Browns two games, maybe has a bad game plan or another. All things are possible for a head coach with his lack of experience. You're telling me that the veterans, the high-paid superstars in that locker room are going to start looking around and go, why on earth we'd hire this guy? 
This guy wouldn't even been an offensive coordinator in the NFL last year. Why is this guy around? He has no respect, and he needs to gain it and gain it quickly. And it, at least from my end of it, you're not gaining any respect by letting guys on eight-game suspensions mingle around bars. If you are the Cleveland Browns, I think you should cut Kareem. I, I think that, well, if you didn't make the rule for him, then I don't think you should cut him. Because, you know, if you didn't make the rule for him and he was out and he didn't get in real trouble, then what can you say? But from now on, you should be like, hey, that's the end of you going to bars. This, this shouldn't happen in the first place, but maybe they can fix it from this point forward. Yeah, I certainly want to have a conversation with him, a serious conversation <clears throat> about uh, this kind of behavior because uh, you just you just got to look at the at the possibilities of something really going wrong, and and it ends. It just ends. Here's a guy that could be the premier running back in the league when if he can uh, keep his mind right and uh, stay competitive. But if you get sidetracked into things at, at a bar in particular, uh, things can go wrong, and they can go real wrong. And, and uh, as we described earlier, he is on the razor's edge. That's why he's you know he's going to be suspended for the first half of the season. You can't afford to screw up again and, and, and let the whole season be frittered away. You just cannot do that. Yeah, another story we saw was Freddie Kitchens complaining about Odell Beckham Jr.'s lack of appearances at yeah. non-mandatory training camps, which, guess what, Freddie Kitchens, you just don't have the clout to do that yet. You haven't even got him in camp yet. And this is a guy who's had arguments with head coaches in the past. He has. And now you're going to start that relationship that way? I don't understand that from him at all. And then Browns fans are like, he's being tough on the players. He's being the hard-nosed head coach, telling them you got to get to OTAs. This is the thing. That's not how you coach superstars. And Odell Beckham Jr. is like an NBA superstar, and you need to take some notes from guys like Ty Lue, who coach personalities like that. Telling them that they should be somewhere where they're not when it's non-mandatory, they don't take that well. So I'm just saying, it's all in the cards. Now the Browns could end up winning the division, and I wouldn't be blown away, shocked by it, but if they're 7-9, 6-10, Browns fans are wondering what happened. Yeah, I told you so. This has been the Sports Fan. Check us out, 4th of July fireworks. Hopefully the weather holds off. Big thanks to Gary Baldwin. I'm Lucas Moore. This has been the Sports Fan on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Reds versus Brewers coming your way right now. The following is a special sports presentation of 970 WATH.